What's, What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live. On this podcast, we will excavate God's word and have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Welcome back, ladies, to the Urban Christian Woman podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Leah Ross. Hey, I'm Toshiba Oliver. Welcome back. Welcome back. And we are back doing um, another installment of Sheroes of the Faith. Yes, yes. I love Sheroes of the Faith. It's been a blessing to me personally, especially in this season. Um, I don't know about any of you ladies, but I'm praying that as you're hearing the stories and the lives of these women, that um, in the midst of this pandemic, you are being encouraged and is causing um, us to live faithfully in our everyday lives. And I think that we've talked about this before, just in some of the background as to why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. But um, Proverbs uh, chapter two really exhorts us towards um, this. And I'm just going to turn my Bible there. Um, But Proverbs two exhorts us towards the value of wisdom and receiving the words of others so that we can treasure up the commands of God as well as um, becoming and inclining our ears more attentively to wisdom, to gain understanding for our very lives. Mm -hmm. So um, Sheroes of the Faith is a actual um, practice of Proverbs 2 and 3 in God's wisdom. And I think you're right. I think in this time, it's helpful to just look outside of ourselves what the moment that we're in feels so Mm all-encompassing and so it's good to just look out of outside of ourselves and remember we are a part of a bigger picture we're a part of a bigger process Mm -hmm. and um as god has used women before us so he will use us amen to um yeah to just continue to be shaped and to be formed and to continue to see his kingdom come. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. So today we are talking about the faith of Mary McLeod Bethune. Yes, honey. Mm -hmm. She is one of my um, favorites. And right now I am in the process of doing a deep dive around this woman. And I'll tell you why I'm doing it because of the urban Christian woman. Um, And as we get into this conversation, we'll be able to really um, glean from how this woman ministered and lived a life within the urban context. Mm -hmm. And um, she's just, her life is just so applicable to us today. It's astounding um, that we have an example to follow. So one of the key takeaways um, and the key takeaway, actually, the, the key takeaway for today in regards to this Shiro's life is that Mary McLeod Bethune was a visionary who committed her life to gospel-centric cross-generational discipleship. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say it one more time. Mary McLeod Bethune was a visionary who committed her life to gospel-centric, cross-generational discipleship. And so, Leah, what are some of the profile? What's the profile of Sister Mary? Yeah. Tell us some of her characteristics. Yeah. Mary McLeod Bethune was a visionary. Um, She wanted to build something tangible and intangible that would bless children for generations. Mm. Um, And so some of her characteristics were, uh, yeah, that she was this visionary. She was also a lifelong learner for herself. She was a student, as we'll see as we talk about just some some of her uh, biographical facts. Um, And she was a lifelong learner. She wanted to um, invest and build into the hearts of brown children Um, not only God's inherent dignity for them, but also this capacity to be gospel-led whole citizens. So Mm -hmm. she was a lifelong learner for herself, and then she positioned herself as as an educator, as this missional mindset. So she was missional. She she had a missionary perspective for her whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about the, just how she lived by this principle of the Great Commission, um, Mm -hmm. that she would be a witness to the ends of the earth. And for her, I mean, we're going to talk about what the ends of the earth looked like for her, mm-hmm. where she thought she was going, where God led her, mm-hmm. and um, how sometimes that's different for us. Yeah, um, She was also a disciple maker, as we talked about. She, Her goal was to bless the lives of children for generations. And she did that by building them up by their heads, their hands, and their heart. She was a woman of faith. She was a diligent woman, as we'll see when she um, dealt with the students at her school. She dealt mm-hmm. with them with diligence. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a woman full of fervor. She believed wholeheartedly in her vision mm-hmm. and her mission and what she wanted to see the Lord do through her. Mm-hmm. And she believed in the head, the hands, and the heart. And when we talk about head, hand, and heart, we're talking about orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Mm. So she believed in right belief. And that right belief stemmed into right action. Action, belief that honored God stemmed into action that would honor God. Mm. And so I love that about her. So take us through her story. Um, Tell us a little bit about her life. Yeah, uh, Mary McLeod Bethune was the 15th born um, of her siblings. I think there, how many were there all together? Was it 15 of them? 17. It was 17 of them. And she was the 15th of 17 children in Maysville, South Carolina. She actually was born free, even though most of her siblings were born into slavery. She saw the main difference of inequity was the ability to be able to read, to read. Literacy was a huge part. And so she became passionate about her own education. And actually, her family could not afford to send all of the siblings. And so they saw that Mary actually had a desire to learn and she would just eat up anything that she could get her hands on. And they were like, she's the one who's supposed to go to school. And so her her passion about her own education is sort of what fueled um, how she began to just pursue education. She studied at Scotia Seminary, focused in literature, Greek, Latin, Bible, and American democracy. 
she wanted to become a missionary to Africa, but the Presbyterian Mission Board said um, no due to their prejudice against black missionaries going back to the continent. And this is something that was very um, very common. They felt that when they would go back to the continent, um, those who were African-Americans would go back to the continent. They felt that they would be liberated and then come back Mm -hmm. to the Americas and sort of create an uprising. So they did not want people to reclaim um, a part of their uh, history, their story, and their personhood. Mm-hmm. And then she stayed, um, She because she um, was not allowed to to go to Africa, she stayed, stayed stateside and married Albertus Bethune in 1898. And um, she began in that process going to Daytona Beach, Florida, where um, that location became her mission field, where she desired to teach the head, the hands, and the heart, as Leah was saying, of children. So she really embraced the intellectual, the spiritual, and the practical of education. Um, Mary McLeod Bethune started the school that would become known um, and is known currently today, y'all. If you get a chance, just go to the website as Bethune Cookman University whose motto is our whole school for Christian service, enter to learn, depart to serve. Mm -hmm. She worked as an advisor to President Roosevelt um, for the Urban League. She worked for the Urban League. She worked for the NAACP. And she is um, the founder and one of the founders of the NCNW, the National Council of Negro Women, along with a host of other things. So looking at her life, we can see how um, she infused Mm -hmm. what she believed about God, what she knew about the gospel, and it was infused into every single part of her life. Ladies, have you been wondering, how should I process what is happening in the world around me? Well, welcome, girl, you're not alone. In this polarizing time, we can choose to either consume voice after voice, ignore what is happening in our world, or consume the word of God, his wisdom and his counsel for where we find ourselves today. We would love for you to join us in our upcoming series, Ways of the Kingdom, a study and conversation through the book of Luke. Grab your Bible, your journal, and download the guide as we journey through the book of Luke together. And listen, sharing is caring, so bring a friend on the journey too. Follow us on social media, IG, as well as Facebook at The Urban Christian Woman, and reply with hashtag all in T-U-C-W hashtag Luke for more information and for more details on the ways of the kingdom and the book of Luke series you can find it at our website www.theurbanchristianwoman.com so Leah how does her story really point to to God's glory yeah I I love that um, and we got to take it back to um, just sort of her her vision of where she thought she was going and where she ended up. Mm-hmm. See, if you missed it, she wanted to become an overseas missionary. Come on. But faced prejudice and barriers that prevented her from going. Mm-hmm. And so as she stayed stateside, she could, I feel like she could have been discouraged 
Um, or she could have continued to sort of try to push sure. through, figure out how to get there and for sure. go around um, this, that, and the other. But for her, I feel like she could have tried to push through. She could have gotten discouraged. Yep. Any of those things could have happened. Mm-hmm. But for her, she was she was able to listen to God's purpose and God's vision for her. So for us, we can see with Mary McLeod Bethune, that she had in her mind where she wanted to go to serve the Lord. And yet God always sovereignly knows where she is most needed, where we are most needed as we see ourselves in her story. Mm -hmm. Sometimes those things align beforehand and sometimes he redirects us. Mm -hmm. As we see in her story, he redirected her. Mm -hmm. But the place where he redirected her and how he used her was so fruitful Mm -hmm. that we realize and we remember that nothing is outside of intention when left in God's hands. Yeah. And I think that that's very difficult for us to um, believe and receive and walk in as women, Mm -hmm. Leah, is that we think when a door closes, well, then clearly God doesn't want me to actually do that. Right. Just forget it. Just forget it. Mm-hmm. And and so we become very um, stagnant. We become, for many of us, we can become stuck. Yeah. But she she literally knew the mission and call of God for her mm-hmm. life. So it wasn't that the mission or the call changed. It was just the context right. and the location that changed. Say that again. It was not, it was not the... The, the location mm-hmm. that changed, but it was, it, it, or the call, the call of the mission did not change, but it was the location and the context by which that God was going to use her that changed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is huge for us as women, because in a culture and in a society that actually will say, well, you know what? I mean, obviously you're just not meant to do that. You just got to give up. Right. You know, we give up so easily. And I would, I would say the reason why we give up is because we don't have an assurance or a confidence mm-hmm. that that's what God really said. Mm-hmm. But this woman was so engulfed mm-hmm. in her relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. She was so rooted in him that she knew that which yeah. she was called to, Absolutely. that it did not deter her that, from the mission and the call that God had placed upon her life. Yeah. And I think that that's a word that we can all take. Absolutely. The mission and the call that God has placed upon us will not change. He will He will make that clear to us, but the way, but the place or the way in which it will flush out, even the time frame. I know many of us can become discouraged because of the season that we're in. Yeah. And we're going to, I mean, listen, Lois Evans is coming and that woman is a powerhouse on understanding seasons, mm. seasons. But what I will say is this, is that it doesn't matter if it's the, the di- a different season or if it's a different location, God is still calling you and, 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 and orchestrating your mission field exactly the way that he has. Yes. You just got to be patient in the process. And you tagged a word from Mary McLeod Bethune that it, that is dead on. And you said her confidence and We could rephrase that and call it her faith. Mm -hmm. And she actually said, faith is the first factor in a life devoted to service. Without it, nothing is possible. With it, nothing is impossible. I'm sorry. Does that sound like um, Hebrews? Right. Okay. Hebrews, uh, it talks about, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then we also know that it is impossible without faith. It is impossible to please God. Y'all, this woman just rooted herself in in the structure of what it means to be a follower, what it means to embrace the gospel is belief and faith and confidence in the one 
one who has made you and who has called you to himself. Yes, Ooh, I rejoice in that. That's good. That's good. God also, he he prepares. One thing we see in her life as well that points to God's glory is that he prepares those beforehand mm-hmm. who would build resources into that vision. Say that one more time. He prepares those beforehand who would build resources mm. into that vision. See, the earth is the Lord's. And all that is in it. And so even in the face of this prejudiced society that that she faced, he led Mary McLeod Bethune to open and faithful individuals. And those individuals provided things that she needed, resources, practical resources, money, space, all of that. He led her to the people who were open and faithful individuals that provided Mm. what she needed. Mm. She said, I plunged into the job of creating something for nothing. Mm. Though I hadn't a penny left, I considered cash money as the smallest part of my resources. I had faith in a living God, faith in myself, and a desire to serve. And that goes back to the mission of even her university that now carries on Mm -hmm. her mission, which says, enter these doors to learn, but you better depart to serve. serve. Girl, I cannot right now. And I love the fact because I I think for us as women in the urban context, many of us are called missionally to be exactly where we are. are. You know, I think about so many church plants um, who are called to the context of urban ministry and they have purposefully placed themselves in the city and the resources are just not the same from suburbia and other areas. Can I get an amen on that? that? I know you can relate to that. that I know you can relate to that. And yet um, God is saying, listen, you better know that the smallest part of your concern Mm. is resources. Mm -hmm. That's the smallest Mm -hmm. issue. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's the smallest issue. If you ain't got no faith, honey, to live for the Lord, you're going to have more problems mm-hmm. than just trying to worry about the resources of how to do yeah. the work. And so I think that's an exhortation for us um, who are in the urban context when we're seeing the all, all the need that um, needs to, to be met, the places where there needs to be kingdom work done. And we're like, man, we, but we just don't have the resources The resources is the smallest part. I think the greater thing is, is do we have the faith to trust God to see and that he can create something from nothing? Yeah. I mean, it's always the truth of if he calls you to it, he's going to provide everything that you need to do it. Say it one more time. If he calls you to it, he's going to provide everything that you need to do it. Come on. And she really believed that to be true. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 It's good. Yeah, she also um, was able to see every person that God has placed in her life and between her two feet as an image bearer um, and that the Lord had sovereignly or personally planned and placed each individual in her life. She believed what Genesis 1.27 said that um, everyone is made in the image of God. And then she also believed what um, it says as well in 1 Peter 217 where it says um i'm turning there right now first peter 217 that it says that in the midst of this because everyone is made in the image of god from genesis 127 that we're to honor everyone honor everyone and so she had a value for that and i love what um what is communicated on uh, bethune cookman's website in regards to the practice of this it says while she gave counsel to presidents and made connections with america's elite mary mcleod bethune was readily accessible to average men and women 
and the college students yeah. that she mothered and mentored. Her access to people of power and privilege was never something she used to benefit herself. Mm. She, it was never used to benefit herself, the places where she was set. It was always an opportunity to gain access for those shut out of opportunities in our society. Yeah. And so she lived out what she said um, to, to the world, which was invest in the human soul. And who knows, it might be a diamond in the rough. Yeah, that is so countercultural. So countercultural. Especially at this moment. Y'all, I'm thinking about just the political atmosphere that we find ourselves Come on, in. Come on, speak to it. And the politicians that we find ourselves looking to, mm-hmm. looking at. Yes. I ain't even looking to. Yes. I'm looking at them. Yes. <laughs> with the side eye sometimes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because it's just the nature often of politics to be so caught up in climbing that ladder of power and privilege and using that to... Yep sort of uh, catapult yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was so count. I mean, for, for Mary McLeod Bethune, she acted so counterculturally in yeah. that of finding herself in those spaces, but not using it as a catalyst for herself, yeah. but you, leveraging the power there on behalf of the children that she cared about and wanted mm. to educate. Mm. Mm. And so she really, girl, even as you're saying that, the Holy Spirit is bringing back to me the, the passage of scripture that says, if anyone is to come after me, mm-hmm. let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Mm-hmm. And so she saw herself not living for herself, but she saw herself living for Christ. And because she embraced the gospel of Christ, she said, this is not about me. It's, in, it's about those mm-hmm. who God has placed in the context of where he has called me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to yeah. leverage, I'm going to leverage what I have for the benefit of their good. Yeah. And man, is that countercultural. That is so countercultural. In a hyper politicized time, in a very mm-hmm. uh, deeply broken and, broken and polarized, polarized and time, girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. So what can we learn and how can we treasure up the wisdom of Mary McLeod Bethune's life in our heart? Tell me, girl. I mean, I think we touched on this already so richly, but I mean, we have to reflect on what does it actually mean to be a missionary right where you are. Mm. So for Mary McLeod Bethune, when she was refused the opportunity to be a missionary in Africa, she re re basically redirected her whole self, her heart, and her intentions to being a missionary right where she was, to Mm -hmm. seeing, to opening her eyes and seeing the needs right where she was and what is in her tool belt that she was able to to use 
to serve. Come on, come through on so, that. So I so this is the question for us. Who is around us? Who is around and among us that God has given us a heart for? Come on. And has given us the tool belt to serve. Yeah. And 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 I would even say not only a heart for, but who has God placed around us? Yeah. Because some of us are like, man, I really don't have a heart for this neighbor that's across the street that always be saying ex- explicatives and mm-hmm. all type of craziness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the person who actually ideologically um, and politically thinks differently from me, mm-hmm. but yet God has still called me to them because they're in the space where I am. And so I think that that's a huge part. Number one, if you don't have a heart for them, he's placed them right where you are. And so your posture is, Lord, help me change my heart to have Mm -hmm. a heart for them. And then Lord, allow me to use what I have. Mm -hmm. Girl, oh my God. Goodness, that's yeah. a good word. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. That's a good word. And the t- yeah, the tool belt piece too, just really being like, there are inherent ways that God has created each and every one of us. Say that, that one more he time. wants to, to use for us to leverage mm. to serve the people around mm. us. So can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Because we about to, we deep diving in a mm-hmm. little bit more because um, we got a little bit more time mm-hmm. today. But in, in, in the context of that, we are battling a lot of comparison in our culture. Yeah. Let's 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 dig into that when you're talking about God has given you some specific um, tools in your tool belt. And mm-hmm. can those tool belts really be used well if we're looking to the mm-hmm. right and to the left of our sisters and on the on the in the dopamine that's coming down every right. time we scroll right. on social media? Coach me through that. Yeah, that's that's a real good point. You know what? I think that until we are fully convinced that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God alone, mm-hmm. and that He has crafted us uniquely for a for a custom purpose in this world. Mm-hmm. One that he looked on us and said, you, I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. I want you to bless and to be a blessing mm-hmm. to these people in this way. Until we really believe that, and we're looking to the right and the left, looking at everyone, mm-hmm. trying to be everybody else, we're going to miss it. We're mm-hmm. going to miss what God has because our tool belt is inherently different from the sister next to us, mm-hmm. from the sister across the street from us, mm-hmm. from the sister in our Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Our tool belt is uniquely different. Mm-hmm. And until we embrace that and until we thank God for what he has given us, come on, we're going to miss these opportunities that we have that he's given us to love and to serve in the ways that he ooh, has designed us to. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Which causes us to be delayed in our mm-hmm. obedience to what he's called us to do and ungrateful mm. Mm. we just had to let that sit there for a second mm-hmm. and pause it Ooh, that's a word mm-hmm. and then talk to us about the next one yeah yeah well kingdom work is also justice and common good work dignity literacy responsibility these were all in Mary McLeod Bethune's life, a mm-hmm. part of kingdom work. Right. So, you know, for her, she really believed in the whole person. She really believed that to disciple children meant to educate them, to um, instill in them their God-given Imago Dei dignity, mm-hmm. and to also teach them 
responsibility as as a citizen, mm-hmm. um, what it means to be active as a citizen in America, and mm-hmm. what it means to to lean in and embrace those things and to become sort of a participant and not just a spectator. Mm. And I think for us, we have a lot to learn about that, especially when we're in an urban context. I mean, we know that churches that are most effective in the urban context are dealing with the whole person. They're dealing with how do we educate your children as well as how do we teach you biblical literacy as well as how do we make sure you're fed and you've got your lights on. Mm-hmm. All of those things are a part of mm-hmm. kingdom work particularly, in, and I mean in the utmost, in the urban context as well. And so I know that from Mary McLeod Bethune's life, we see that. Yeah. And we can model after that today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's such a good word. That's such a good word. And then we also just see one of the things that we can really treasure up. Um, we also see one of the things that we can truly treasure up and learn from her is that um, she really embraced faithfulness in the small things. And so there is, she she would always say this, there is no such thing as menial work, only menial attitude. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the passage of scripture that says, whatever you do in, in word or in deed, do as unto the Lord. She understood and she was equipping the next generation, not only equipping them, but she was being an example to them like, hey, we're going to learn and we're going to do our lessons for the day. Then we're going to actually like um, build, I mean, wash clothes. We're going to build things. They actually really uh, built the whole school with scraps that they found walking around in the community you know, um, in reading her life story. And so there's this space of like, listen, use what you have, but also knowing that we have to be faithful. We have to be diligent. Mm -hmm. And so whatever we do in word or deed, we're doing is unto him. Mm -hmm. And so there's no small task. And I think that that's something that we can, we can definitely glean as, um, women of faith that, Um, whatever we're doing, whether we are um, connecting with a sister across the street, whether it's the diligence of our time in the word, our our time in the word with the Lord and a faithful study of his word, whether it's um, how we take care of our homes, whether it's how we um, steward our outside areas um, outside of our home, whether it's our work uh, in the marketplace, whether it's um, how we're engaging in our community, it doesn't matter whatever it is that there is no small menial task, meaning, hey, if you tell a sister that you're going to follow up with her and call her, call her back. Mm-hmm. Be be diligent with that. Or if you're going to pray for a sister, pray for her in real time. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't take advantage of these small moments. Like, right. this is what she embodied. And right. so menial work, um, there's no such thing as it. Mm-hmm. It's only a menial attitude. And so it's really revealing what's in our own hearts. If we're not really committing ourselves towards the smallest acts we don't, we're not valuing what, what the Lord values, whether it's small or whether it's big, you want to say something? And I, well, I, um, I feel that on a really deep level, particularly right now, as many of us who do have children are, um, spending a lot more time in the home during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and, um, realizing that for me, like I've had to, particularly as we go into like the school year Mm -hmm. and my kids are schooling at home, like I've had to, majorly pare back 
what I'm doing or what I'm what I'm able to accomplish during the week as far as ministry goals and Mm -hmm. work um, goals and all of that is it grates on me if Mm -hmm. I think about myself whereas like oh my gosh if I put one more pan of chicken nuggets (laughs) in the stove I mean like in the oven one more time Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I scrape one more dried slop of barbecue sauce off the table or tie one more shoe or buckle one more helmet, I'm, I'm going to lose my ever-loving mind. But you know what? In this time, I've had to, to just pair back and remind myself, like, mm-hmm. these are not um, small tasks if Come I on. have that kingdom attitude. Like, mm-hmm. I've gleaned so much from that. And that along with, you know what, paired with um, this quote that Ruth Chu Simons uses a lot, which is learn to love what must be done. Mm-hmm. And that was not actually her quote. She pulled it from somebody else, but she uses it a lot. And I feel that I actually tell myself that daily now mm-hmm. in this season to learn to love what must be done. Mm-hmm. There's this attitude shift that happens mm-hmm. around these small things of like loading the dishwasher, like mm-hmm. grabbing, gr- like all the things mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. feel so like they're getting in the way of the bigger things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then actually remind myself like these are the things that are actually sowing into Mm-hmm. Um, eternal worth in character building for myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and image of God like reflecting to my kids mm-hmm. like they see the love of God because I care for them that's right they see the mercy of God because I don't slap them upside their head come the on next now, time somebody. they spill the juice on the okay, floor okay come on now they see mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry that's real that's a real listen yeah. listen <laughs> every yeah Every person who grew up in a black household like, now know. is like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about right they now. see the self-control by the Holy Spirit yeah. mm-hmm. that we don't fly off our handle when we Come don't on. get to do what we want to do. Come on. And so those are the small moments. Those are what I would perceive as the menial tasks. Mm-hmm. But if God is gracious enough to grant me the right attitude, mm-hmm. like I can see him in it. Yeah. And and I'm so glad that you said that because number one, you're talking you're talking about a whole lot of stuff, which is really encompassing her life as well, right? Is like knowing your mission field, knowing where you're called and where it is mm-hmm. between your two feet. Like um, like uh my sister says all the time, uh knowing what's between your two feet at any given moment. That's where the Lord has called you. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, also knowing your limitations, mm-hmm. you're talking about limitations. And I, and one of the things that's really being um, known for us as women and really being revealed from the Lord is just the reminder mm-hmm. that we cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. We have limitations. That is the role that he plays, he has, and he alone has. Yeah. No one else can step into the, to the place of God being all-knowing, all-powerful, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And so um, we have limitations. He does not. And so uh, even in these menial tasks, I would even exhort us as women to understand that these moments of menialness are also tests from the Lord. Yes. It's revealing what is in Ooh. our character. I am tested. You know what I'm saying? These, these are small, tested mm-hmm. moments to reveal what our attitude and what our character is, where we are lacking bearing fruit, bearing fruit in our lives. And he's exposing that because he loves us. 
And he wants us to look to him, to turn to him and ask him to help um, us and to be our strength to bear the good fruit. Mm -hmm. And so um, I I love I love that you actually um, just gave that analogy and embracing our limitations. And listen, we're saying this wholeheartedly, both of us by trade and um, our former teachers Mm -hmm. at one time. So, you know, it would seem as if, oh, yeah, this should be super easy Mm -hmm. for y'all to be schooling y'all's kids at home. Um, But I'm going to tell you right now, it's one thing to school somebody else's kids. It's another thing to school your own kids. It's it's truly sanctifying. And so, um, yeah, our exhortation to y'all today is faithfulness in the small things. There's no such thing as menial work on your yeah. menial attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, we we thank the Lord for Mary McLeod Bethune. We thank, we thank the Lord for how she encourages us to um, into the practice of practical theology that aligns with orthodoxy and orthopraxy that seeks to educate the head, the hands, and the heart. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look to the Lord in this for him to encourage us and strengthen us to do the same. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and your kindness that has allowed us to faithfully, um, number one, just endure um, through the power of your spirit what it means to be a faithful servant and follower of you. We thank you for Sister Mary McLeod Bethune, who is a, a example, is an example to us of what it means to be faithful, to be diligent, to um, have fervor, to um, uh, be a lifelong learner, to be a disciple maker. And so, Father, we pray for every woman um, who is with us today, who is listening today. God, we pray that you would be our strength. Help us to be mindful of um, the ways in which you're calling us to pour out and disciple in such a way that engages the head, the hands, and the heart. God, help us to not see the menial and trivial things of work that we have in this season um, as menial, but God, help us to um, just be aware of our menial attitude and how you're calling us to look toward the hills from whence come our help because our help comes from the Lord. And Father, we thank you, Father, for this sister in her example of allowing us to see what it means to be a missionary and to know uh, that we can be missional right where we are. God, help us to um, be still before you and allow you to remind us of what we have within our tool belt to serve those around us. Help us um, and give us uh, the wisdom and help us and give us the love that we need, Lord God, to um, have a heart for those who are difficult to love, those who are difficult that are in our proximity that you have called us to love and to serve and to know and to see. And then, Father, we pray, God, that you would align our hearts towards faithful kingdom work in the areas of justice and common good. God, we thank you that you you have allowed us to see uh, dignity, that you have allowed us to see through Mary McLeod Bethune the the desire and the hunger that we should have for literacy and knowledge, and then the responsibility that we have to live that out in our lives. So we look to you in all these things. We thank you for her life. And God, we pray that our lives, Lord, would reflect beauty and goodness just as hers did. 